Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio. This is radio show number 428, delivering a hybrid working model that we think could work. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on best practice. Visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Now, regular listeners to the show will probably have picked up that I am neither Joes. Um, My name is Charlotte Dahl, and I am the Creative Planning Director at Woodread. I am um, Joe Moffitt's colleague, and I am guest presenting today's show. Um, I'm a volunteer writer for Engage for Success, and I've spoken at various events, so I'm not an unfamiliar face uh, to, to the movement. So for first-time listeners, uh, Woodread is a specialist creative agency. We use the tools, techniques, and inside-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create great places to work, high-performing cultures of engaged employees. So on to our guest and the show. Um, I've got the pleasure today of interviewing um, today's guest, who I've actually interviewed a couple of times um, at events in the past. And knowing how much great stuff he has to talk about, I asked him to come onto the show. His philosophy at work is doing whatever makes you pink, which makes him the perfect guest for Valentine's Day. So let me introduce Stuart Bagnall who is the Chief of Culture at LastMinute.com, to discuss what their workplace will look like after they start to go back to what they do best, but in a hybrid fashion. So welcome, Stu. Please give us a brief introduction into yourself, um, your background and your role at Last Minute. Hi, Charlotte. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I've been very excited, I have to say, about um, speaking um, for the uh, radio show. And um, I'm really happy that I'm doing it on Valentine's Day as well. So hopefully lots of people... And happy Valentine's Day for you. Yes, happy Valentine's Day. Um, So just a quick bit of background. Um, So as you said, my role is Chief of Culture at LastMinute.com. And... um, that role was uh, evolved for me. I have a background in learning and development and in communications, both uh, internal and corporate. Um, and working at lastminute.com, I've been there quite a long time, actually. It's been uh, around 15 years um, in various evolutions. And this sort of role culminated at picking, uh, I think, what I do best. And uh, employee engagement always happens to be at the heart of it. I suppose it's, it's, bit, it's my passion. It's my passion, Charlotte. As you know, we share one together, don't we? That's why we get on so well. <laughs> we do. Brilliant. Okay, so it's it's safe to say that we are still riding this roller coaster of recovery, and none so much as the travel sector, which we know has been one of one one of the hardest hits. So, how how is it affecting LastMinute.com? Well, I mean. Great question, and I suppose without going into the the, the pits of what 
the uh, pandemic was all about. I think, you know, the roller coaster is a really great analogy um, because it's been ups and downs. It's been really crazy for us um, and our customers, obviously. So, um, but we're heavily influenced by the media. So um, every time Boris Johnson makes an announcement, um, we are seeing a drop in spike of the bookings or um, sadly more cancellations where people have to change all their travel plans, as frustrating as it may be. Um, but, you know, what's really the good news, I suppose, for, for the travel industry is that there's still an appetite. Travel is still there. I mean, I'm sure you'd be, uh, you're chomping at the bit to go somewhere, Charlotte, on holiday, but um, like I am. But, you know, people have been banking a lot of those lost days and getaways. So the good news is that there are strong signs of a recovery. And I mean, yesterday we sort of did a, uh, we shared a, a press release um, indicating that, you know, the beginning of 2022 um, has been really super positive. There's been a real uplift. People are booking package holidays again. And, um, and I think, you know, that's a motivation we all need. There needs to be a sun at the end of the tunnel. It um, certainly does. And, and, and actually, how, how have you kept your people, Stuart? How have you kept them steady on that roller coaster ride? Well, I mean, it's been a real strong combination of, um, I mean, in the heart of the pandemic, I mean, it was all about deep communication for us. We had to really focus on um, just telling people what's going on. And we had to be so transparent. Um, transparency, I think, for us was um, central to the strategy that we took as a leadership team. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's paid off, as well as all the other initiatives that have, we've been doing related to things like well-being and, um, you know, trying to engage our people. Um, and, and, you know, managing things like the work hour reductions, and it's, it's really taken a toll and had an impact. But, you know, um, we're coming out the other side of it, and, um, you know, people are really starting to, to feel um, internally that uh, there's, there's some future ahead for travel. That, that's great. And obviously, it's, it's, you've got to have an eye on talent as much as an eye on people who are already within, um, within lastminute.com. And obviously, the battle for talent is a majorly hot topic right now. And we know that it's certainly a buyer's market out there. And mm. so despite, despite the fame of your brand and the inevitable draw with that fame, has it been a challenge attracting new talent into lastminute.com over the last 12 months? Um, yes, it has. Um, I do know it's, just, it's a war out there at the moment in terms of uh, recruiting tech talent. And, um, you know, I think we're in the digital age. Every company is now becoming a tech company or is a tech company in, in some shape or form. But, you know, for us, um, it's gotten to the point where we've um, had to embark on a new project to try and recruit around 100 tech profiles so that, you know, we can start to recover and grow the business again. Um, Last year, just to give you an idea, I mean, um, we lost about 25% of uh, some key technology people uh, within, within the company. Um, and, you know, a lot of that was driven by uncertainty within the travel industry. But I think the main, main reasons, one of them you really um, indicated, was um, people want to grow. Um, they want great career opportunities. Um, and, you know, it's, the shoe is on the other foot. It's a buyer's market. Um, you know, people are wanting to move for um, better salaries and better opportunities, and they can. So, 
I mean, in terms of that, we're about to launch a, a recruitment campaign, um, which is the, the largest that we've ever done. It's actually the first one we've ever done. As, um, that's amazing that you've never even had to do it before. That, that shows the power, shows the power and fame of your brand, doesn't it, that you've never actually had to do something like this before? I know, I know. I suppose there's that sort of um, realisation to think, oh, wow, do you know what? Um, we've had it pretty good so far. Um, but now we've got to pull our socks up and, you know, um, get our game together and, um, and start, uh, you know, finding, looking for ways to find the best talent. And I think obviously providing a competitive salary and the benefits is a really great start for all of that. I think tech professionals it's got to be are more than that now, more. hasn't it? Yeah. It has. It really has. I mean, I think what's interesting, we, we started a piece of work a while ago um, to redefine. So we had an employee value proposition. Um, but we've been sort of looking to redefine it and we're calling it a DVP, so digital value proposition. So okay. we've sort of been really, really targeting our tech people to understand what it is that they would be wanting from their employer of choice on top of um, the elements that um, we've just, just talked about. Yeah, so, and, and Stu, I guess, t tell us two things. Tell, me what, tell us what percentage of your workforce kind of fall into that tech category and also then tell us about how you have to target that audience to really get under the skin and into the, into the mindset of that particular audience in order to develop that, that DVP for them. So, yeah, tell, tell us about how many people, how many people, what percentage of your organization is made up of this, this tech profile? So it's nearly a third of the organization um, who are so within our tech. It's a significant group, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, you know, we, we, the brand, we are, we're a digital company. So, you know, we are web-based selling uh, third-party travel to to our customers but um we so when we were really um getting under the skin the big insights that we took away um were that um people want uh, we've got to sell them on meaningfulness so they want to know that their role um that they're doing will have an impact externally but also internally as well so you know they really want to feel that they're contributing to the, to the business and, and making a real difference yeah, I think that's a really um, interesting point to make, actually. When we know from research that millennials and Gen Z, they're looking for purpose and meaning in their organisations, and it's absolutely not enough to play lip service. You've genuinely got to have meaning and purpose in, in your role, and you've got to oh, communicate that really clearly. To, and I imagine a lot of your techs fall squarely into that demographic. Absolutely. You're completely right. And, and it's not an easy to do, you know, you know we're as an agile business that's trying to adapt um, you know things change quite quite a lot and you know sometimes people will find that um, it can be quite stressful feeling like you're not necessarily accomplishing the project you may have started on originally so there's a lot of other ingredients there about you know the type of person that works in a company that can be quite fast-paced and um, the other one which I would probably say other than personal growth which I think is for everyone not just the tech community but I think um, also the tech community are really looking for complex problems to fix so um, they yeah it came out so strong you know when we were with uh, everyone in each of the different countries where we have our tech teams they want to solve problems that are in a collaborative way and that they're learning from so it's got to feel educational um, yeah. And they love that sort of fast-paced environment where they're just really absorbing lots of new ways of working and new uh, tech languages and stuff like that. That's a great, that's a great insight, isn't it? It really is. And, and, mm. and, and so I mentioned, because <laughs> I'm going to plug it, uh, we've got a campaign um, that we're about <laughs> to launch. <laughs> and um, 
you know, the it's, it's, we're going to try and hopefully address some of these messages and some of the, uh, the narrative that we've built around it. But one of the things that we're uh, trying is to gamify this uh, process a little bit um, in this campaign um, and we're launching what we're calling a crack the code where um, potential candidates um, or talent that um, can find a hidden code within the careers website um, can share their code if they find it and they're in with a chance to win a holiday so oh that's I so mean, fun a, it's so great incentive. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And um, I mean, I wouldn't have the first clue where, um, where we had to look for it. So um, whilst on the project, I, um, I wasn't um, remotely responsible for hiding any code. Play to the tricks that I can do other things, <laughs> just not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, so based on that, I think, you know, hopefully it'll attract um, the right the right sort of people um, who, um, you know, love travel, uh, love tech um, and could see themselves working for us. But we're trying to open the pool of talent as well a bit by um, embracing, really embracing our hybrid remote working um, way. Um, so we're targeting countries that we've never recruited in before, somewhere that they've never heard of us. And, and that makes things a lot harder. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how well it works. Gosh, and so what, what, me, what media are you using? How, how are you actually um, executing the campaign? So we're going to be um, on social um, with some paid uh, social uh, campaign. But for each of the different countries we've had, it's been quite complex, actually, um, understanding the different um, sort of communities where tech people um, would be able to see or hear from us. So, yeah. And, you know, uh, countries like the Ukraine or like in Poland, um, you know, the, the, the bog standard, you know, you can't just post on LinkedIn and expect everyone to, to know where it is. So there's local job boards, there's local sites that you've got to um, uh, promote and publish yourselves on and, and market yourselves on. So it's like a spider web of, depending on the country that, that we're in, um, of uh, different methods. Brilliant. Sounds absolutely fantastic. And when is this all kicking off? Hopefully tomorrow, if it all goes to plan. Oh, hopefully tomorrow. God, well, I tell you what, I am super honoured that you've given me half an hour of your time today. <laughs> I, uh, me too. Uh, but, you know, you're worth it. <laughs> Why, thank you very much. There's a drink for you for that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, obviously, you know, you, you and I, you and I have, have chatted on, on a few occasions now, and I've been lucky enough to um, introduce you and interview at various um, events and conferences. And we spoke last year at the Employee Engagement Conference about the future right. of smart working. Now, can you tell our Engagement Success listeners kind of what you understand about the principles of smart working and how your own plans for smart working um, are shaping up at lastminute.com? Yes, yes, I can. Um, God, I remember that conference, actually. That was, uh, that was, uh, it was a great one um, that you hosted. But, um, so Thank it was you very much. I'll take all the credit. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have all of that. Um, what I think was, uh, what I think was um, interesting was the sort of the ideas that we were sort of playing or toying with um, almost, you know, a year and a half ago um, that are slowly now coming into fruition. Um, 
I mean, in terms of smart working itself, it's, you know, it's that whole big picture, because I think a lot of companies had all uh, in some way, shape or form, some sort of remote working policy with one or two days a week. But, you know, this whole smart working, the principles where it's the whole ecosystem, isn't it? It's, it's not just where you work, it's how you work, it's how uh, what technology you're using. And it's all of the different sort of elements that that build up to that. And, um, you know, we've been trying to look at, at as many of those as, as we can. Um, but we're going to try to really react to what our people have been telling us um, once, you know, as we've been talking to them throughout the last uh, 12, 12 months. Um, so the first thing that we're going to experiment with and um, starting hopefully in March, I mean, we've still got some workout reductions in place and we've got to wait for all of those to be over before we can start embarking on um, these experiments. But if, if all goes to plan in March, we're going to be putting in place a 36 hour working week for all of our employees. Yeah. Now, in, in some countries, it's fantastic. In others, it's perhaps less impact because it depends uh, on the length of your working hours. But for some, they'll be going from 40 to 36. But essentially what it means is that people will have a short Friday. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll finish on a Friday at Friday lunchtime. Yeah. And um, the, the morning of Friday, we are trying... Uh, we're going to experiment dedicating it to uh, learning and development, so learning and growth. So, you know, really, really trying to push and drive people to use that time in the morning to focus on themselves, on their personal development, or, you know, no meetings. Do that sort of deep work if you need to do it or have that thinking time. So things which I think people um, really appreciate but don't necessarily feel in a structured way that they have much opportunity to do it. That's brilliant. And in terms of the personal growth, are these kind of opportunities that you're going to shape for people or will you allow people kind of autonomy and flexibility to decide what, what kind of shape and form that personal growth takes? So that's a really good question. And, and we're working through that at the moment. Um, I think that, you know, we want people to feel that they can own their own personal development. But as a business, I feel that there needs to be some sort of structure, particularly on um, in areas where we feel are important and they're going to help drive our business forward. So, you yeah. know, are there things around our competencies that we want to be pushing or are there, um, you know, talks around well-being or diversity? And I think, you know, if we can build sort of um, an academy style, you know, whether it's forums, whether it's TED Talks or presentations, crash courses, all those sorts of things. But I think it's just about finding the right channels and, you know, finding the right topics and getting our people involved in it. I think trying to do it top down is um, always a tough call. I think if it feels very much organic and that the people are really owning and driving it, as well as learning, um, I think that that could have some really, uh, really strong impact on engagement. Yeah, it sounds really good. And also, I suppose just... Yeah, like you say, giving people, giving people the bandwidth, giving them the permission, the opportunity to say mm. we are dedicating this time to personal growth and, and learning development is, is, is really, and you know, to do it on a Friday and then you've got Friday afternoon off, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a really lovely, lovely concept. It feels, again, it feels very much, it feels very much you, it feels very much lastminute.com. Yeah, and 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 you know, I really, I really hope, I really hope it works. I mean, it'd be awful having to go back to full working week. But um, yeah, no, it's true. Uh, but you know what? It's, it's the pandemic taught us anything. It's this whole idea of fail, fail fast. You know, fail, whatever that. Fail, fail quickly. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, learn, learn fast. Yeah, that, fail that fast. One, you know, and, and, yeah. it, and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we've been, we've been given permission to make mistakes. Actually, we've been permission. I, we've been given permission to try things and for it not to work and to kind of be a lot more experimental. 
Exactly. And, you know, the key thing I think was um, saying it's an experiment to people. And, you know, whilst we were, um, you know, in the deep depths of the pandemic, we, as part of the work and our reductions, we, we put a Friday as a day where no one would work anyway. So that gave us an opportunity to understand productivity and, you know, what the impact was. Um, we're going to use core working hours uh, Monday to Thursday so we can, um, you know, make sure that we can structure the day where we've got our different corporate or leadership or employee meetings and events um, within a certain time frame so that people can have a bit of flexibility around that. Because I think if we're going to have more fully remote uh, staff um, and people that are hybrid remote, because people do still want to go into the office, um, and we fully, fully support and um, want that to happen. Um, and those people connection moments are, are really key and critical. But, you know, people want that flexibility so that they can choose where, when they come in and, you know, and people have lives now around, you know, they, they really, I, I mean, personally, I'm, I've loved the fact that, you know, getting up in the morning, I'm not traveling an hour and a half to, uh, to the office and back every day, um, which, you know, at, at my age, it, it's killer. Um, <laughs> All right, granddad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like yeah, no, I, I know. I and mean, actually, and, and, it's, and again, in terms of all the things we've learned, I think we've learned not to pigeonhole people and stereotype people and say that just because you, you know, just because you're young, it doesn't mean that necessarily you want to go into work five days a week. And actually, you might have kids, but they do your head in and actually quite want to go into work four days a week. And exactly. so what I mean, I've loved so much about this is it's, it's the power has shifted from employer to employee. And it, and it was a shift that was so needing to happen, and it's going to have so much positive impact, I think, personally, in terms of productivity and engagement. Um, and so what do you think? What, have you seen any, any impacts yet in offering? So I guess you're kind of at the start of it, really. But what impact do you think that offering more flexibility in this hybrid remote work environment will have on engagement and other key metrics? <laughs> I mean, um, we, do you know, interesting, we, um, we're running an employee engagement survey as we speak. So we launched it last week. Uh, we launched, launched it on Thursday, um, so, uh, which is pre these changes, which, you know, uh, is good because we'll see a before and after picture. So hopefully they'll yeah. be fully in place when we do a mini pulse. But engagement is actually looking uh, very strong, very positive, which um, I'm very, very pleased and uh, happy about. But well done. when things start to go back to, to normal, um, I would say, or the new normal. Let's let's we've got to call it the new, new normal. New, new, new normal, according the to the new, 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 new normal. Yes, yes exactly. The future. Um, but I think we've gone from either having a fully in-office experience where we've all been built on the personal connection, and now we've all experienced the complete swing the other way where we've all yep. been fully remote. What I love about that, and I think what because um, you know a lot of companies where they've got people all around different um, countries and they've got maybe a headquarters centrally somewhere and um, that you know it's, it's always been quite tough I think for the people um, who are fully remote and not having those interactions and I think that now that everyone's experienced that firsthand themselves I think that level of empathy um, will really help try and find that balance again but I think you know what will have a big impact on engagement is if we don't continue to think in that remote first way when we're designing the processes and policies because I think it will end up alienating very quickly that group and you know it, it'll start to erode um, but you know for me I think that that will be a, that will be really crucial in in terms of positive engagement 
brilliant. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I, I guess, you know, you're right. We are all still feeling our way for sure with this. Um, and what, what, do you, what do you think are the core challenges of hybrid, you know, and I, I'm, in, I'm interested in particular in how you keep your deep sense of culture at lastminute.com, where you have clearly defined values. And I, I've, every time I speak to anyone from your company, I, I kind of get blasted with with a sense of lastminute.com. But how how do you make sure? How are you going to intentionally make sure that your culture, your your deep themes of culture, are still absolutely evident when you've got a hybrid workforce or a great a much greater hybrid workforce? I think mean, what it's a really good question and there's there's loads I could say, but we're short on time, so focus. Um, <laughs> I think that um, you know, in terms of um the real core um challenges that we're gonna have to face are Keeping, I mentioned it before, keeping that in-person connection. So, you know, we are designing a calendar at the moment when we know that we're going back to hybrid where we're really forcing and pushing moments where we bring people together, whether it be for business event or uh, a social event or whatever, and, and really capitalizing on them. I think that our values are strong and they've never changed, uh, whether you're in the office or you're not in the office. And I think that those are the anchors that are really going to help us um, show who we are um you know replicating as much in the digital world as we can in the best way possible um and really seeing we call it pink spirit in the company so when you can really mm -hmm. really feel that pink spirit coming through um but you know people behave and the uh the the sense of camaraderie has been the same online i mean technology has massively changed and massively helped us um, in terms of being more collaborative and working better together. Were you, were you on the front foot already, do you think? Were you already, because you're a tech business, were you already on the front foot when it came to digital? Because some poor companies were trapped like rabbits in headlights, weren't they? They were, and yeah, we were all kind of on the front line. I think what's been brilliant is that uh, companies, I mean, we, we use Workplace by Facebook and we just started using Slack, but these companies in the last two years have massively evolved their technology for the needs that I think we've all been crying out for and in the internal and events world for a very long time. But yeah. um, I think that there are still behaviors that go along with it. So tech is only one part of it. I think it's having that behavior set. So all agreeing on the best way to have a hybrid meeting. I mean, we had a hybrid meeting, I think it was last week with the board. Um, and the equipment wasn't working correctly. And I was really pleased with how vocal the people working uh, in the remote setting were like, could you stop banging your pen? Someone's clicking a pen. Can you stop doing this? You know, all of those frustrations that I think we had before, people are saying we've got to use the right tech to get rid of it and we've got to behave in the right way because people just, you know, want to have a most effective meeting in this in this structure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, we, we talk, Joe and I talk a lot, Joe, I would read about the need to be intentional. You have to be yeah. intentional with, with, with picking up the phone or, or with asking, or asking for a Teams meeting, you have to be intentional with your behaviour. Yeah. Everything almost has to be amplified now. Totally. Couldn't agree more. And in fact, I think the other side, the other big challenge which we're looking at is in terms of performance management processes. I think having an organisation which is 
going to be more more hybrid, more flexible, more spread out. I think that uh, previous sort of um, way where you're, you know, the manager and the employee may not be spending as much time together or meeting physically at all. And for us, we're really going to be focusing next on the different uh, layers of feedback to really help build a really great performance management process where you're getting contribution from your peers and colleagues and the people that you work with on uh, projects and, and more day-to-day activities. So I think that's another challenge that we're facing now, but, um, you know, fingers crossed we can work towards that one. Well, and, you know, it's, it seems to me like what you've done, which is obviously stood you in really good stead, is it sounds like you've got a really great listening culture at lastminute.com. It sounds like you've genuine, genuinely, authentically listened to your people throughout these past two years and, and responded to their needs. You're, you're, you sound like you're trying to develop something based on genuine insight, both internally and externally with your DVP as well. It, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, you know, um, we've had we've had two years to really think about it, but I think we do really listen to our people. I mean, the people of the brand and as a as a company, they're our biggest asset. We don't have other assets. You know, we don't own planes or um, hotels or anything like that. So, you know, it's all about the people. And I think you know, it would be foolish if we weren't uh, listening to what they were saying loud and clear. But um, yeah, let's let's just let's see how it goes. I feel like it's the start of the journey still of uh, like the, the next phase. That's brilliant. Um, we always ask at the end of these um, these interviews, Stu, is what's your one piece of advice or the one thing that our listeners should take away? Um, I think, um, do you know what? And I'm going to uh, echo something that um, I listened to Joe uh, Moffat do um, a, a great uh, event last Friday. And she was talking with David Blackburn. And I think um, work is not a place, it's an activity. And, and I think that that's a, re- that's a really poignant, poignant um, point that he made. Um, but it's all about being motivated and demotivated. And I think, you know, it's really being able to try and focus um, on the people. And I think, you know, we're going to be living in this hybrid digital world, but you can't be a real people connection moment. And I think that we've got to really try and retain um, those moments as much as we possibly can. So, you know, when we're developing... Um, this this future of working that's brilliant thank you so much um and gosh the half an hour has absolutely flown by and just to say thank you so much Stu Bagnall chief of culture at lastminute.com I look forward to introducing you at the digital workplace conference in March see you soon amazing thank you so much Charlotte and thanks everyone for listening Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Are you still there? I am. (laughs) (laughs) I obviously forgot that I had to manually make the jingle play. (laughs) I was like, awkward silence. Do I say something else? No, you weren't. You're brilliant. <laughs> that was all right, wasn't it? I enjoyed that actually. That was great. I much preferred really nice. when people can't see you. I didn't want it to come to an end. <laughs> I thought we could keep going. We could keep going. I was doing my very best to uh, stay professional because I wanted to have a couple of giggles a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually think we did a really good job. We d- I think we did a brilliant job. I thought. Keep, I, I mean, I've been keeping professional, not letting it descend into.